Hey, this is the Art Confessions with Danny and Diane, and every week you're going to hear us talk about all kinds of things in the art world. Hope you enjoy. You'll hear our opinions, our thoughts, and everything in between. Stay tuned. So it's Diane. I'm doing a little fact check and I'm putting it right before our podcast today. So I'm just saying uh, before you start this, uh, spoilers, just a few, but at the same time, um, just bear with us throughout the podcast. I kind of lost a little bit of internet while we were recording. So there's um, there's a few moments where I'm a bit jaggedy when I'm talking. I tried to cut it out as much as possible, and I edited as much as I could, but uh, you can still hear it a a couple of times here and there. So, now we can start the fact check. Uh, Everyone knows Bob Ross, right? So, at one point, uh, Daniela had mentioned him, saying that some of her students were super interested in Bob Ross, as he did make a comeback. And uh, she was saying, you know, and what was he from? The 90s, 2000s. And I was like, no, I think he's from like the 80s. Um, I was right. He is from the the 80s. But Daniela was right as well. He was from like he ended his PBS show, The Joy of Painting in 1994. So it's from 83 to 94. So that's when he was uh, on air. So it is a very old show, and we love Bob Ross, the both of us. He just smacked the devil out of his paintbrushes, that man. Uh, the other thing I keep, I, I was looking for my words during the podcast, and essentially uh, I'm just talking about uh, how, how you can archive your paintings. And that's a really important thing when you can archive your work. I'm saying paintings because I paint, but... Um, are being able to sell something that is properly archived that you can it has an archival element that you can keep it for many years that is very important and in the in the art industry when you have buyers well that's what they're looking for because it's an investment artwork it's like the stocks so these um these buyers these collectors they want to make sure that the painting's going to last or the sculpture's going to last. And as we're talking about technology, it's a fantastic tool, but ultimately we don't really know how it's going to um, age and persist and last overall. So that's why I keep saying, well, yeah, of course, like you can get a job uh, at Ubisoft and, and do like flooring and textures in uh, digital art, but that's not the same thing as being an artist and selling a painting to a collector. Those are two completely different things. So we understand, even like I said, we understand how a cr- like oil is archived, but we don't necessarily know how even acrylic is. And that's only with time how we're going to tell it. So that was kind of what the words I was looking for. And I was getting really annoyed with myself the entire time when I was listening to it and I couldn't remember the word that I wanted to say. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. 
or will enjoy this episode, please feel free to really listen to it. We would love to hear your opinion on this because honestly, Danny and I are both kind of on the fence. Like, we don't know. Do we love it? Do we hate it? I think we're, we're, we're both in a love-hate relationship with technology and the arts. And we would really like to hear about your thoughts on this. So enjoy this episode. Bye, everyone. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. You? I'm good. So this week, we have an interesting subject, I believe. We do. So uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, technology. Yes, I think that it's a really big subject right now because, I mean... I find there's a real, not necessarily a divide, but it's, you know, the visual arts versus or versus the digital arts and how they can kind of be combined together in a way as well. Oh, totally. And I really do understand what you mean by divide, because I think that there has always been this kind of romantic idea of an artist working a material like like clay or painting and that's a very like active thing whereas digital art can be much less active it's not like you drawing unless you have like a drawing pad it's not as much that anymore you know yes but i find that now and more and more that people are having access to drawing pads because most people have ipads the ones that do Mm -hmm. draw as yeah. for me, I, I don't have that, even though I'm in, in the digital, uh, I'm starting to do digital art, but I did mm-hmm. get a drawing pad. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm going to throw it to you. I want to see your, your thoughts on it more because you're more visual than digital. Yeah. What what do you want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> well, I okay. What do you think is the biggest divide between visual and digital? I think what where I kind of where I kind of uh, question the idea of like how I guess my own fears are interacting with the idea of digital coming in and taking over mm-hmm. like visual arts and more classic me- methods. So it kind of dawns on me that even in programming at this point becomes more of a, like you can be an artist and a programmer now because you can program a droid, you know, that could use something and paint. Sure. I didn't even know that. we we have three D printers that print out mm. complete sculptures. You know, this is true. This is true. I didn't even think of it that far. It, but three D printers are definitely something that could be seen as or used as an artistic means. But absolutely, 
yeah, but not having that physicality of actually creating it yourself is, I mean, to me, it's very interesting, but it's also, it, it scares me in a way to take away from our own hands creating it. Exactly. At the at the same time, I've uh, our, our actually our guest last week actually um, was testing a three D printer, and he was saying that it's like a new medium. Like he has to learn to tweak it to and whatnot, and programming it the right way for it to come out the way he wants it to come out. But obviously, there's differences. Like I know you can do something with a 3D printer exactly the same as an object. But that being said, when you're using your hands to create a material, I think that there is kind of like a like a, a license, a creative license that's taken that you see how your hand touches it and whatnot. And that's something I don't think that human touch I don't think you can necessarily create that from the beginning. You can recreate it, but I don't think you can create it with a unhuman object. Unless there's a malfunction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless there's a malfunction. You know, like, because that's part of it, right? When I'm thinking about when I'm painting and I'm, I'm trying to get something precise, well, mm -hmm. it's, yes, it's, it's, if I'm working with watercolor, it's not as easy to, to fix it, but with acrylic paint, I'd be able to fix it. So, and I'm yeah. thinking about different mediums, right? So I'm thinking about my digital, I just go control Z and I'd go backwards. But in, mm -hmm. in that painting, even if I go over it, I'm still going to have that under layer. Yeah. You know, you're building even on your mistakes. And sometimes that mistake creates the piece. Whereas the digital, I find, yes, it does. It does, in a way, take away that physicality, that human touch that we actually uh, put into our paintings. Mm -hmm. There's something very perfect from a digital work, which is something I think we are looking for now with the digital world we live in. Like everything is always perfect. So when there's something that's made digitally, you want, you look for that. Even in an artwork, like even in a painting. I recently did paintings that were super hard edge and like very um, calculated. And so many people are like freaking out. They're like, wow, that's so beautiful. How are you making those lines? So crisp. Mm. And I'm doing them in painting. But of course it would be a thousand times easier for me to do it in procreate on my ipad you know but that's because that's what we see all the time now yeah like it's kind of like the paintings that i did with the backgrounds of uh, the checkerboard and all that mm -hmm. and i did it, and i did it by hand and i don't know if it's just me but i find that it takes away when it's not as hard to do i did it on on uh, illustrator as well and i found I found myself more proud of the work when I did it all by hand. Each line, I'd look over it, almost like blinding myself in to make sure each line was as straight as I possibly could make it. And then there was, and then when you came over, you're like, "Well, you know, you could you could uh, silk screen it, silk screen it." And I'm like, 
I know there's easier ways. <laughs> but but I think part of the beauty is that it was done and there was so much time put into it that it would never be the same if I would go and try to replicate it. Whereas the digital, I'd be able to make a bunch of copies of it and they would all look identical. You know, I think like you, like there is something to be said about digital and like that is the progression as humans. Mm -hmm. That is just like our way to progress. Like if we think of like, um, even of, of uh, photography, like, uh, La photo argentique, so so photography back in the day, it, you couldn't you couldn't look at your picture and delete it if you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like you had no idea when you opened your film and you developed it in a dark room. Like that's when you found out what you had done, and there was these mistakes. Sometimes the there is a bit of acid that falls onto the onto the film. Sometimes, uh, you know, you can explore in a different matter. And let let the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Let it kind of take over and create itself in ways that you can't control. And I think that we lack that as 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 much as we are like advancing in technology, we are reducing in our our abilities to kind of let go of our work and let it live the way it should live. You know. Mm. Absolutely. I think that I think that it's a very important notion to talk about so that you know we could appreciate all the things that were done in the past and look at it as in a way it is we are part of a revolution in art right now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, a different time and I don't know what they will call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, because when you think about it like Andy Warhol, right? Yeah. He started to mass produce his artwork. And yeah. And that's where everything started to change. Mm-hmm. So now I find this is like the next shift into that, right? So we're able to do prints of our things, of our artwork. We're able to to mass produce it if we if we choose to, because some artists may, mm-hmm. may choose not to, and I totally respect that. Because I find there's almost not necessarily more value, but well, there is. Yeah, there's less. Well, of course, of course, there is more value when there's less. But I mean, it it remains simpler in a way. Like it remains. I don't have the word exactly, but I hope you understand what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course, I understand. Like there is something that. When, when you create one work of, of, of a painting of, or whatever, it has its originality and its mm-hmm. individuality in a sense. Mm-hmm. When you're able to do many of them, well, that's l'offre la demande, right? If yeah. you have uh, 10,000 of them, they're not going to be worth as much. So that's just how it goes. But that being said, there is positives to technology. So what do you think is positive about technology? What I think is positive about technology, well, art and technology in in that way. I think that in techn- in the technology aspect altogether, I think it's really great because a lot of artists who would have remained unseen are able to gain a lot of exposure. 
So the fact that we have technology at our disposal, it's great for artists, whether they choose to do digital or visual, they are able to gain an audience. Whereas before, it was really hard for anyone to be known as an artist or share their work with others unless there were people within their vicinity or if they were going into galleries. Mm. You know, so social... Yeah, of course. Yeah. What's your take on it? <laughs> well, like you were saying, social media for sure is one. I think that's like the like the business aspect, if you want, of art. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a bit of a downside, though, because like you have a lot of people ripping other artists off at this point. Because oh, there's yeah. so much information, you know. But... That being said, on another like on another technological aspect, so that's social media, but there's also um, even in like mural art. So mural artists recreate space, right? You, with a mural, you can change the environment with art. But there's also mapping. Mm. So mapping is a new technology uh, I mean not that new we've been doing it for some years now but uh, mapping what it does is that it kind of projects these images onto a space and it can even work with the um, like the 3D elements of the space so if it's like a flat surface it'll work with the flat surface if there's something coming out of it like you can make like a heart only go on the thing that's coming out of it and it doesn't distort your image It, it maps the space that it's working on so that is quite interesting like that's a different thing it's almost like yes it's visual but it's interactive it can kind of be projected everywhere but there is one artist at Mu that used it on a mural and made his mural come to life using the mapping how and that's where I think it's interesting Pardon? How was he able to do that? Like, was it interactive even, like, after he was gone? Like, it's something that continues to be ongoing? No. So, I think this was when he, um, like, inaugurated his mural. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. So, when they inaugurated the mural, which he he did, like, the four elements. He did water, fire, uh, air, and earth. Okay. And uh, on one of the elements of the air, it was really beautiful. It's like a super, um, it's very monotone. The, uh, the, the, uh, the painting is kind of all made with different tones of like a bluish gray. It's really quite, it's my favorite mural in those uh, elements that he created. And uh, there's one thing in the middle. It's an orange cone. And it really represents, like, the area in which that that wall is. And what he did is all the clouds that are in the sky, because the the sky is very, obviously, very important because it's air. That's the Mm. element that he's showing. All the clouds in the sky, with the help of the mapping, started moving because he was projecting. He created a video, I guess, and projected like the clouds in the sky moving and all that. So the mural itself obviously wasn't moving, but he was able to work with what was there already and add elements that was making it kind of mobile. 
that's really cool. I'm really sad I missed it, Oh, girl. it's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I know. It's and I think that's like the that's where I believe that like technology such as mapping, uh, even and social media becomes so interesting for us because we can now combine them. I don't think I don't there's a part of me that thinks that when you're able to combine something like mapping and a mural, that just makes an incredibly strong work. you know but if you're doing like just a mural or just a mapping they can both be great works but if you're able to combine technology and like a more noble art form that's like you know you're pushing it out of the park yeah yeah you're pushing pushing it yeah you're pushing the limitations and you're really experimenting and that's i think what's the most important it's that experimentation because I'm sure there's not a lot of people or maybe not that we know of who are actually doing this type of work and to try to combine the two together. Well, that makes it remarkable. And that's what made you remember his work so vividly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's like that. That's what I think that art should be. That's how we should be using technology in the arts. Mm. I believe that there is something really inherently beautiful about taking the old and mixing it with the new. There, honestly, that's that's how I try to use technology as well. A lot of a lot of my like my digital drawings. Uh, well, I'm converting them from physical drawings to digital. So mm-hmm. I know that there are some artists that would that will sketch directly digitally, but yeah. I I just find when I'm sketching different ideas, and I usually sketch more than one idea at a time. Mm-hmm. So I'll lay it out first, think about the composition, how I want the, the person to look or the character, whatever I'm drawing that day. And then after that, like I'll take another piece of paper, draw a sketch then outline and then only then will I transfer it to a digital copy because for me to let go of that physicality of actually holding a pen a pencil and creating mistakes Hmm. I know you can do it digitally but I just don't feel as I do when I'm drawing physically Mm -hmm. drawing well oil paint I find in general um Kids, like when I'm teaching, almost none of my students are really interested in oil. Only a few were, like I had given a, I'll give you an example. I had given a project to um, my secondary two students one year and I gave them anything that they, whatever they wanted to do. They could do graffiti. They could do, uh, I gave them a few artists that they could look at. And the only ones that actually did oil, which I was surprised they even did oil paint, were the ones that watched <laughs> Bob Ross. Oh my god. I wonder if they the, one, the devil out of their paintbrush. The <laughs> oh my god. They loved it. You know what? Bob, but you see that's that's back in the 90s, right? I think it was in the 90s, I'm pretty sure it was or early 2000s. Bob Ross uh, was Bob not in the Ross. Early 2000s. No, 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 no. He was, no, he wasn't? I don't know. Yes, I no, watching no. Bob Ross was like 80s and 90s, if I'm not mistaken. 
I'll fact check it. You know what? We're going to have to fact check that. I think my sister wants Bob Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Ross. Okay, I just have to give a moment to Bob Ross. But (laughs) yeah, so those were the only students that actually used oil paint. And I was surprised that they Mm. did. But there's also comes that aspect where oil paint was, uh, well, oil paint can be dangerous. Yes. Yes, of course. Right? It's so toxic. It's really toxic. And I, I started using it when I was about 12 mm-hmm. years old. And and the process was so difficult. You know, you had to oh, clean. You had to make God. sure that all of the products were were, were not disposed of incorrectly. Couldn't no, go down the sink. I ruined so oh, many paintbrushes because I despise yeah, washing them. I ruined uh, a little bit of my parents. Like, not, yeah, plumbing, I'd say, in a bit, too yeah no oh my god (laughs) Uh, anyways (laughs) you know so i find that as much as we can we should try to keep you know our visual like using an actual pencil and actual paper like i'm still teaching i'm teaching uh a few people right now and you know their children and i i keep on telling them forget about using digital right now just focus on drawing draw as much as you can learn as much as you can and only then when you're a bit older will i start to show you how to do it digitally because i think there needs to be a really strong foundation and not to rely always on uh the digital itself because then i find you lose a bit of that artistic I, I think that's quality really interesting to, to think about that just in the sense that what is it the chicken or the egg like would you be able to be a good artist if you start only digitally? And then if you try to draw on paper, do you think that say, that person will be able to still create something as beautiful or as impressive? You know, maybe not. The same way as someone who draws all the time for the first time when they're doing like a digital work, they're probably not going to do the greatest job. But essentially Mm. it's like especially when you go on programs like I'm only taking it based on off of my iPad but like in in like procreate you have all these different textures so if you know how oil paint works well on procreate they have like an oil paint texture and it paints a little bit like oil paint Mm. so you're able to kind of figure it out because I worked with oil paint you know but that kid who only works with the Procreate oil paint that's able to delete it when he doesn't like it, he's going to have a rude awakening when, when he uses it for the first time, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, you see, those are things that are, that will not no. happen with digital. So, like, for the generation to come, I, I'm not sure how many will be willing to go to oil, but acrylic, acrylic is great. But then there's digital paint, right? So you could actually make something yeah. look like a digital painting. My, like my boyfriend, he started uh, doing graphic design. And he was experimenting with uh, Photoshop and textures and all that. And he decided to take a picture of a lion and to apply different layers. And he's like, oh, it looks exactly like a painting. When he put it in his portfolio... A lot of people were asking mm-hmm. if he had painted it, which was really interesting. 
to me. Although I'll say that he did not have enough <laughs> contrast. And that's where like the, the artistic part has to come yes. in. You have to know your fundamentals. Even though it is digital, you need to know the fundamentals of art in order to produce but you know you know what uh, this makes me think of like I think there is something really interesting for I would say like our generation because it kind of started even maybe a little bit before uh like the millennials I'd say it's pretty much where it seriously kind of blew up and but there is that idea of digital art and even like mapping and all that where you have People who are not necessarily uh, in, like, maybe they're not as uh, manual because it, art is a very mm. manual thing. Like, you use a paintbrush, you have to draw, you have to sketch. Like, it's very manual. You're touching. But you can have these people who mm. maybe in the past, like in the 50s, wouldn't have considered themselves artists because they're not as manual, but apparently very creative. And maybe they always felt very artistic. And now with technology and Photoshop and Illustrator and programs, you can you can finally be an artist, be more of like a programmer. Like you literally need to take advanced math to program and be an artist at the same time and create these works are asked for around the world. Like those are the artists right now that are the most in demand. I think that's super interesting to think of. Mm. Like, there's probably artists that in the later, like, earlier years, that is, wouldn't have been able to be artists in a sense because it was more of a manual work. True. Well, now it's true. The ones that are the most in demand are the 3D artists, the ones that are able to actually make 3D art. 2D? Yeah. Flat images well, are not in demand you... whatsoever. If you're talking well, about... Well, yeah. Like, but if, if, you would, about... if, you, if, if you look up artists... Okay, I'm good. <laughs> like, if you look up artists on Indeed... Go, go, go. I'm, I'm just saying, if you look up artists on Indeed, if yeah. you look up artists on Indeed, okay, the majority of what you will find is the, the ones, like you were saying, that yeah. are able to code, that, that are able to use softwares like Maya, etc., 3D rendering, a whole bunch of different things like that. That's what they're looking for, I find the most right now. I know that you're working at Mu, and I know that at the museum you have a job as well, but no, those but are what, not in the mat. That's what I'm about to because say, they're, these are yeah. jobs, like it's almost like artistry, though. As like a potter mm -hmm. who used to be in demand, you know, who everyone used to get the, instead of going to IKEA, they would go see their potter and they their dishware. Like someone who's doing the floor for mm -hmm. Ubisoft and only does floors because that's his spe specialty. Yeah, I think that's his job, you know. Like, let's not get things confused yeah. here. Like, there's jobs. Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not just, like, a, an assistant muralist. Like, I'm also an artist. But I think that there is, there's two different yeah. things. Like, if you want to sell your art, then, yeah, of course. Like, 3D art is super in right now. And, and that's, like, in different realms. And video games are using it in, in like, uh, even, like, artworks out in the city. We're using it in, in different spheres, you know? So that's a way of art. But if mm -hmm. you want to create art, like objects, there's also, that's another entire realm. Like there's people who do 
landscapes and live right but then there's the there's the conceptual artist who yeah maybe don't sell a work every single week or month but they're able to to like get a huge gallery for like a month to show their work and that's like to me that it's just different spheres like I I do agree that digital is super important right now in the sense that it's easy to sell and you're able to make money. Mm, it's true. It's it's very hard to say like what well everything is necessarily in demand, right? So visual everyone will still want paintings, everyone will still want digital art, installation, etc. But now moving into it, do you think that uh, like the younger generation, are they going to be more interested in visual, like painting, or do you think that it's going to move more towards a completely digital era? That's what I'm wondering. I, I don't think know. I think that people are going to be way more interested in, especially kids, probably more gravitate for sure, because that's what they're growing up with and then when like I said like we talked about earlier mm. you're going to ask them to touch use a paintbrush and they're going to get discouraged because their artwork that they did on their computer and what they can do with a paintbrush so then they're like oh shit like yeah. I'm, I'm a much better artist like digitally so that's that's kind of like I think eventually yeah there's going to be way more digital artists that being said there's an entire market that people have that like not just market but a culture that you have artworks that are supposed to last like to the end of time and paintings and sculptures are a part of it and that conceptuality and and all all of that culture behind it I don't think that that's going away anytime soon I I don't even think that like in that culture, they talk a lot about um, the uh, oh, what's the word? Not the prevalence of the artwork, but the the ability of the artwork to to uh, get older and not deteriorate. So mm-hmm. that's an entire subject in some schools, like how to how to keep an artwork uh, still beautiful and and maintain it, right? So we know mm-hmm. very well with oil paint how how to keep it like looking well and maintain it with acrylic paint we are only now starting to see how they age because it's so new mm-hmm. so that's true and uh, i don't know much no, about i how actually they age. don't Tell know how, how oil, not oil well i don't know how oil paint ages i know it yellows aside from that like i don't know how acrylic ages, and that's something that we're finding out as we go and like even artists in the 60s that were experimenting and going on their straight canvases like uh, Helen Frankenthaler and her canvas is deteriorating now. So there's a lot of things that we're learning. So we're not doing them as much. So I, I just mm. don't know want to invest because this is I'm talking about like paintings that people invest in. And that's a lot of money when they invest mm-hmm. in these paintings technological artworks just because technology moves how are you going to always be able to mm-hmm. to use it you know so how is it going to age 
That's interesting because now I'm thinking about like pixels. Because if it, right? So like when I think about, uh, let's say a digital camera, when the digital camera first, when I received the first digital camera, I was about 14 years old. And I think if I'm not mistaken, was somewhere around eight mm-hmm. megapixels. Yeah, it was really, really low. So I mean, I, I mean, it was really low. I think that was back yeah. in 2006. Oh man, yeah. So that's when like digital cameras became more accessible to people. So it would be interesting to take a camera from that time and to put it onto a computer of today and see how that would be, go. Because then we would be able to kind of know uh, a little bit more about how the digital will age yeah. in a way. Because if we're able to keep it at its highest resolution and we're able to maintain those files and keep those files, then there's a possibility of it of it staying yes, a long exactly. time. Another thing about that is that we might not be investing as much. We might invest a lot in, in you know, our, either our laptop or an iPad and all that. But another thing that you have to invest in in the digital era is uh, those um, external hard drives. Because if you think that your laptop is going to stay forever with all those files that you have, you have to <laughs> invest into an external hard drive or else everything may be lost. And then you cannot retrieve it. The same way like a painting, you have the physical one and you know you store it where you need it. Well, you need the same type of storage for your digital files. Cannot only mm-hmm. be in one place, you know. So there, that would be that would have to be thought about in preserving the original files. Ex- the server is to run certain things. Uh, I mean, look, I know nothing of technology. Definitely not a connoisseur in the subject. I'm just oh, if we have know how we're going to be able to maintain these works. That's my question. Like, we don't know how acrylic evolves. Like, how the hell are we going to know how technology is going to evolve? Because if it's keep an artwork going, there's that too. It costs you money to, like, too much to maintain it, then it's not worth it. So it's like, mm-hmm. that. this is true. Entire culture. And that's why objects you like paintings are still like a, a priceless item that you can buy in sculptures as well like Rodin is is super important in our world you know so us artists should be using technology to add to our work but I think that noble uh, manual artworks that we're creating I don't think they're gone I don't think technology is over but I do think art in technology is wonderful in the sense for a workplace. They're creating jobs and you're able to, to create artwork mm-hmm. as a job now, which is amazing. And like those jobs are like blossoming. And that's a, a fantastic thing. Yeah, I, I really like the way that it's moving towards the collaboration of the visual yeah. and the digital together. I, I remember in university, uh, a friend of mine had done a project. She was projecting images over people, and she was taking a video of those images interacting with uh, that person. And 
and it was images of nature. So like, let's say uh, clouds, air, you know, like water, like mm -hmm. trees, leaves, etc. And I found that whole, that whole project so interesting because of the way that she used, you know, video with projection with actual people and that interaction between the physical person and technology that you can mm -hmm. do a lot with it and you could still have that physical aspect yeah. of like that human touch right so there's so many different things that i've seen like digital interacting with surfaces so i think there was also um I forget where it's in the old port, the the old church. I forget what it was called. Well, that's you, that's you know what I, it you know what it was well, called. I know it's mapping that was on it. The old church. I don't know what church. Yeah. The, Hello. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So I just wanted. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were done or not. Yeah, so that one, it was so beautiful, the way that it interacted with each other, like the building and the lights, and it was telling a story. So yeah, I just I just find it really interesting. I'm excited to see what what else is going to uh present itself in the future with technology and all the things that we have now and what we might have in the future as well, like things that we don't even know of yet, and how we'll interact with the visual and the digital that is already existing mm -hmm. I today. agree. Wonderful things that can blossom from, from it. But I hope that everyone, like I, the message I have with this podcast is that, and you, you don't have to if you don't want to, but like I think that like <laughs> technology is a fantastic thing and we should use it and we should combine it with these wonderful incredible methods that we've mastered throughout the years and centuries as humans <laughs> i agree <laughs> with you i stand by okay. it <laughs> we've gone around the tour of this subject hot topic i loved it i think so but you know what i'm really excited to know what other people mm. think of it as well so whoever has uh, an opinion on this or something they'd like to add, make sure to follow our uh, Instagram page uh, at the art confessions to let us know what you think about it. Cause we would really like to hear what you have Absolutely. to say about this you subject. Can send us a, a private message and we'll definitely like answer you. And we'll even talk about it on the next podcast. And if you have anything uh, interesting that can rebut what we were saying absolutely we'd love to hear from you so so shoot us uh, a message and uh, we could include it into our next podcast all right so have a great day everyone thanks Daniela. thank bye. you have a good night bye